The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. I'm dreaming tonight of a place I know even more than I usually do. And although I know it's a long Christmas You can plan Good morning everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. We've got Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell and this is our Christmas slash New Year show. Mm-hmm. You may be hearing this on the morning of Christmas Day, mm-hmm. or you may be hearing this on the morning of New Year's Day, mm-hmm. or you may be hearing this at any time of any day on a podcast. Right. right so, but again, well, taping the show, couple, you know, day before New, uh, well, day before Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve, I guess we call that, and hopefully we're wishing everyone a negative Christmas. Uh, we better clarify that. Well, what we mean by that, we hope that you and your family all come back with negative COVID tests. Mm-hmm. Because I know a lot of our clients, I know a lot of my family, before we're getting together this year, mm-hmm. we're taking tests. Okay. And we want to keep the elders protected. Right. And this Omicron is spreading rampantly. So hopefully, if you haven't, hope that you haven't had to take a test, mm-hmm. and if you are going to take a test, we hope it all comes back negative. It's also time of the year we want to thank all our listeners. And clients, mm-hmm. we've been state planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over thirty five years. And how many years have we been doing the radio show, Carrie? Probably know. almost eighteen or more, maybe, yeah. Yeah. maybe even more. So, without the listeners and listeners who become clients, we wouldn't be able to be oh. in business right. for thirty five years. So, we certainly appreciate that, and we appreciate your continuing working with us and. If you have not worked with us, and hopefully we can get back to doing some classes in the new year. Mm, we'll see with the, uh, we'll yeah. wait till COVID. And in the meantime, we can certainly get a lot done just through the telephone and, mm-hmm. and all those things, which a lot of our clients have gotten now kind of used to. Well, even for convenience when people are working, I mean, they prefer... You don't have to go to the office. We're still happy to meet you in person, right. um, but definitely people just from convenience factor and, you know, not even COVID, but the flu weather. Thankfully, we've had a mild winter so far, but weather, too, is another reason why people like the phone. And we've worked harder through this issue to make it more accommodating for people who don't want to meet in person. Right, because, you know, you, you, you can't just put your retirement plan on hold we mm-hmm. this we're going into the our, uh, the second dark winter right, Carrie, right with the with the coronavirus and we don't know what it's going to happen next year uh, president biden's talking about what he's going to send out 500 million covet tests to everyone that's his, his plan for january oh, thanks um <laughs> will you get yours I'm, in a minute yeah i don't ugh. but uh anyway so we'll we'll talk so today we'll just kind of concentrate on some of the topics um you know some of the topics that we've been talking about and we think will actually be big issues next year in 2022 um and we think that covid is another story that we're gonna have to deal with in 2022 i don't for think the COVID's third year go- i don't know that covid's going away well right well in I other think words we just need to get like there's that pill hopefully it'll get approved 
that the pill right. is a treatment. Pr- yeah. yeah. So if you've got the COVID, hopefully that can get you feeling better. Now, is that just going to be like a Dayquil pill? Or no, I wonder if it's like like Tamiflu for influenza. Like yeah. it, it cuts the duration and I believe it stops the virus from multiplying and... Oh, hopefully, yeah, that that comes out. And but I, but the, the the difference between care, I think, the flu or a bad cold, and the Rona is, I still think there's a financial risk attached right. to the coronavirus that we don't see with the flu or the common cold. Right. And that's the shutdowns. That's the global, you know, the the world shutting down. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, is a China Winter Olympics are supposed to start in February? Are they really going to happen? I have no I idea. Um, so, by the way, you know what? What do you think Webster's word of the year was, Carrie? And I'll give you a clue. I it wasn't give you filibuster. A few. I can give you a few. What do you think it was? I have no idea. Vaccine. Oh, I had some other better words. What do you think the Webster's? Remember what the Webster's word of the year was in 2020? Uh, no. COVID. Okay. So, do you think we see a trend here? Hmm. So, you know, the the and we just found out that the U.S. life expectancy, the population growth because of the pandemic is dropping for like the first time ever. Hmm. US That's po- interesting. U.S. population growth hit a record low in 2020, while life expectancy fell by the largest margin since World War II. Federal officials, they announced this Wednesday, this week, reflecting a pandemic's impact on deaths and immigration. So many right. people are not getting into the country. I know there's a lot of pandemic babies, though, people in quarantine. Because even in my family, everybody had babies well, this year around the same time. Well, yeah, I guess that's part of the population, <laughs> but that's not the whole thing, no. right? So where they say the country's population grew by 0.1% from July 2020 to July 2021, or by 392,000 people. That's from the Census Bureau. Um, the tally represented... For the first time that the country's population rose by fewer than one million individuals since 1937, hmm. the average expected lifespan fell to 77, a drop of 1.8 years from 2019, with COVID-19 becoming the third leading cause of death in the United States behind heart disease and cancer. The low population growth is attributable to both the pandemic and lower birth rates, Carrie, among uh-huh. other factors, the Census Bureau said. Mortality grew in part due to the coronavirus, while pandemic-induced travel restrictions prevented fewer people from migrating to the United States. They say the life insurance sales are up skyrocketing, Carrie. Mm. I wonder why. All right, so that so the virus will be certainly one of the topics. What are some other topics? That inflation, which we've talked about, we'll is a about, huge you know, one. Economics, we're talking inflation. Uh, build back better, which we we know it's not Pol- going to happen. Political, you know, po- yeah, policies. Midterm elections, talking about political. Uh, so today maybe we can talk about the sixteen Senate seats that mm-hmm. are up for you know grabs. Wow. Um, market. I'm, I'm, I know people are worried about market downturns are we gonna have a santa claus rally we'll see that market's doing pretty well right you know um how about the uh i want to talk a little bit about the secure act too carrie okay you know and and remember the secure act one you know which was passed in december of 2019 that was right before the COVID, right Mm -hmm. so it kind of got lost i mean people know about it and certainly you know most people know now about some of the rules but what people forgot about was that there was the Secure Act too, ready to go. Yeah, and that has been continually just kind of pushed to the back burner mm-hmm. with all the COVID issues and the the election transition and everything else. But there was still a lot of bipartisan support for the Secure Act too. So we'll so we'll remind people that we hear that out of Capitol Hill, that's kind of coming back up to the front burner. Now I still think they have to get the bill back better. <laughs> done first if they're but we'll we'll see all right gary why don't you get us started all right good morning everyone and happy holidays merry christmas and happy new year covering it all you're listening to financial food for thought this morning um we're here on 14 20 a.m between 9 and 10 we are a financial educational talk program um here to give you helpful information and talk about issues that could impact your financial life and we talk about issues for people who are working who are retired who are single married kids no kids um 
and different issues that people face and concerns that people have um, with government spending, inflation, market volatility, um, spending, future taxes, and talking about opportunities as well as problems and being aware of the choices that you have, that there's things you can do um, to stack the odds in your favor. And there's things you can do to create future tax efficient income. And also if you're someone who um, is working, there are things you can do while you're working as far as putting money in different um tax um, positions so that later on when those wages end, you can pull money from those different areas um, to create the cash flow you need. I know, Mark, you talked about a few weeks ago on the podcast, the 4% rule and using that in different ways and spending. But then there's the how to do that as tax efficiently as possible. We also help people know their numbers and what they can spend without running out of money and what variables you should use? What inflation rate? Um, is it a worst case scenario? What growth rate? And if you're concerned or getting close to retirement and worried about market volatility, are you taking on more risk than you need to be okay? Um, even though we don't do investments, we do look at that closely saying, what is the number that you need? Sometimes if you can do all the spending you want to, you can retire when you want and you're not running out of money um, at a very conservative growth rate, then why take on the potential risk if, it, if you really don't need to. Um, and those are things that we look at. We're a fee-based fiduciary, traditional financial planner, number crunchers, not investment advisors. And we build these custom financial plans or provide people with detailed, objective, unbiased analysis. And we offer free consultations either by phone or in person. And we're scheduling now through the end of February. If you're someone who wants to get on the schedule again by phone or in person, and our number, you can leave a message. We will get back to you on Monday morning through email or by a phone call if you leave us a message. Our number is 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit financialfoodforthought.com. And this is a time, you know, when you're um, thinking about the new year and the holidays, start the new year off right and be proactive when it comes to your financial life. Because certainly in this world today, there are so many things you have no control over. And at the same time, there are things you can control and it takes time and effort. It's that saying where people plan, take more time, you know, on their vac planning a vacation than they do planning their financial life, or they only look at small pieces and parts. Uh, they don't know what they don't know and they're missing opportunities. So take advantage of that free consultation at 440-239-2090 or visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. All right. So one of the things that the virus is having kind of an effect on, Carrie, is the student loan payments, right? So President Biden this week announced that he was putting a pause on the student loan payments until now May 1st. They were scheduled. That was a three month delay. They were scheduled to restart on February 1st. So if you have children, maybe have your own student loans that you took a benefit from the pause or your students, I mean, sorry, your children mm -hmm. may have student loan debt or it may even be your grandchildren. I don't know if you get involved in that, but the idea. So everybody has now kind of heard that. And President Biden pretty much cited the ongoing Rona crisis as the reason for the extension. Um, he also you know, went on to say that the Department of Education will continue working with borrowers to ensure that they have support needed to transition smoothly back into a repayment and advanced economic stability for their own households and for our nation. So we'll see if it's been, I think this is the third extension at least, isn't it, Carrie? I think. I think so. Uh, if not the fourth. Um, so that may, you know, depending, that could be good news for you. I don't know if you were hoping that President Biden was going to forgive student loan debt. Don't yeah, think that's happening. That. I was going to say that's a huge price tag. That was a kind of a campaign promise. It was there were a lot. I don't of, know how he can promise that. Well, it wasn't really a campaign promise, but it was all. It was always in right. the progressive Democratic talk, right? And had mm -hmm. and that 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 they really wanted that to be part of the Build Back Better. And it was one of the things that I think was finally thrown out of the Build Back Better plan really early on. And I don't think it will come back in at this point. Right. Um, you know, we, we'll we'll you know see, but. 
I don't know if that's going to help everyone. I don't know if it's going to help this off, you know, this person who wrote in to a financial planner. Okay. My partner is afraid to marry me because of my debt. I'm 35 and have $380,000 in student loans from two master's degrees. What should I do? Jesus, whoever that partner is is very smart. <laughs> I wouldn't either. Um, wow, that is a situation that a lot of right, but I think because people make choices of you have to look at the return of investment on your education. That's a whole other story because you put all this, you know, you invested in something. What's your return? Yeah, the writer, and there's no information. We don't know the writer's name. We don't even know the gender. I would say, boy, that partner's really smart for not. Um, But the writer says, I'm on the income program. The income program is where no matter how much debt you have and what the proposed debt repayment, it's based on your income. So if you're at lower income, they They adjust it, which means you're just going to pay it forever. Right. (laughs) <laughs> or the I idea say, that, I don't think it's that's yeah well there's also some I there's some talk about if you if you make about well like the public loan you know you know the public service right loan forgiveness oh right if you make the 10 years then they'll forgive the balance right. you know so people are you know and they're or why saying don't they that, adjust the interest or something because can you imagine when people are paying minimum or had bear how the amount of interest on those loans Right. Well, yeah. Um, and you can refinance them, but I don't know if that, you know, there's lots of things you can do. And a lot of people think that even not the public service, but even any student loans, if you get on a payment plan and you pay for 20, 25 years, they may be forgiven after <sighs> that's that. A, that's a house. That's a, that's a generation. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Um, so anyways, the writer says, I'm on the income program already, and I'm worried about what happens when payments resume in January. Well, now we know. It's not going to be until May. So uh, good news for this writer. But I can't afford to have the loans forgiven. And that's an interesting point um, because I think it's a taxable event. Is there anything I can do to protect the lesson? So, and, and the other thing, too, is that there's been a lot of discussion of whether the student who is, has that much debt, can they file for bankruptcy? Now, c- currently, student loan forgiveness isn't part of a bankruptcy you know it's not right. one of the forgivable loans but a lot of people say why shouldn't it be right uh, if you're bankrupt you're bankrupt and you know go go from there so so that leads to the the question of well what's going to be in the bill back better right and what's not going to be in the bill back better i bet i hope a lot's not going to be into it because if it was just what it's supposed to be I still like the proposed ideas of the skinny bills that we just put through instead of these massive things. How about you just put the stuff that people agree on and we make more progress? Can you imagine the time and energy that's wasted that right. we never make progress on but, things that never come to fruition? But the Democrats want to go big, Carrie. That's their whole But I'm saying, would it be better? Well, no, the agenda should be what's for the American people and what's best for everybody. And if they can agree on things, why would you not do that instead of making zero progress? Well, so one thing we can agree on is that the Democrats can't agree on anything. And the government is so inefficient. The So here's just some of the shock lines just from last week. Democrats brace for a rewrite of Biden's spending plan to woe Joe Manchin. Democrats plot next steps after Manchin knifes Biden's Build Back Better Act. Build Back Better. Biden insists he and Manchin will get something done after setback. Schumer vows a floor vote on Biden's $1.7 trillion mega bill next month. Coal miners want Joe Manchin to reverse opposition to Build Back Better. Hmm. I could go on and on and on. There, I don't know. I do say they will get something done. I don't think the Democrats will squander this prop. Maybe their last chance mm-hmm. to pass something big, carry with just fifty votes. Now they've got to get down to Mansion's, you know, number, and they got to get the gimmicks out, and they got to right. get down to one and a half, one point seven five trillion, which is insane. Um, and, and kind of go from there, but but there's remember the and the salt. Remember there's so many inconsistencies with them. The salt is so this is a great cartoon. 
mm-hmm. that I saw. So yeah, so you have to picture this, uh, you know, on the radio. But you, so you've got Santa Claus in the chair window, but it's not a child sitting on Santa Claus' laps. It's uh, that guy from Monopoly, you know, the billionaire. They what, yeah, rich Uncle Pennybags. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, He's got I know the, the guy. Yeah, but I didn't know he. Had, I didn't know that was his name. Yeah, rich. Uncle, I didn't know he had a name. Yeah, rich Uncle Pennybags. Right. So he's sitting on Santa's lap, giving and so. The, the the balloon quote, you know, or what, what Pennybags is saying is, I want a salt deduction, right? And then okay. there's like a pause, and then he's pointing, Pennybags is pointing his finger at, a, at the next child who was in line. Now, the mm-hmm. next person in line is the is like the young hipster, right? He's got the skull cap on and the, the scarf and the, uh, you know, ugly Christmas sweater that says middle class. Mm-hmm. And I think that it is a great cartoon because that's exactly the Democrats' problems. You've got, you know, they were, they, they were saying, well, we're, we're going to tax the rich and we're going to give the middle class a break. But yet th- then they came back and said, we want to raise, you know, the salt cap for, you know, for all the Democrats, right. politicians in New York, New Jersey, and California is a we got to raise that salt cap back yeah. up, which is just a, a a tax break for the multimillionaires. Um, and and then you have Bernie Sanders saying, "How can you talk about raising the salt cap when?" Oh. So the Democrats have issues, but we'll see. So build back better, I think will be. Um, and why is it important? Because it has a direct effect on the economy. Mm-hmm. It really does. Right um, now, we got a lot of economic data, and, and we'll see. Um, so GDP. So we got the third reading on the third quarter GDP. So remember, when they do the GDP carry, they always give three readings on it mm-hmm. before they finalize what it is. So in this third quarter, the first reading was 2%. This is for the quarter, not for the year, for the quarter. The second read on it was 2.1%. And then this third reading, the latest and will be the final one, it's 2.3%. That's going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. You know, GDP is going up. Um, now, remember, in the first couple quarters, the GDP quarterly rate was 6%, right? So you, you've you got now a pretty strong, you know, third quarter. Obviously, it's not 6 but still at 2 averaging you're still going to be fine for the right. year, much higher. We'll see what the fourth quarter brings. Um now, on inflation, you mentioned inflation. That is certainly a worry for a lot of our clients. Right. You know what, Carrie? It's also not a worry at all for a lot of our clients. Right. And really, is inflation going to stop you from going to the grocery store? Is it going to stop you from do- retiring if you're planning on retiring next year? Some people, because they're worried, they don't know. Is it going to stop you from buying a new car? Possibly. Is it going to stop you from taking that trip to Hawaii. Mm. So you have to, you know, I don't know. I haven't seen too many of our clients really come back and say, uh-oh, it's just going to ruin my retirement. But most of our clients do say, I think we have to look at it. Mm-hmm. And how do you look? Well, you know, and, and so the idea is, I don't know if we've peaked out on inflation. Right. In other words, if you're going to review your expenses, you might want to do it when we've peaked out on this inflation. Right. Kind of like, you know, over the hump to be conservative and then say, okay, that's my new baseline. And now from there, I'm going to project ongoing and then use the different inflation factors. Do you want to use a higher inflation for a few years? And that's most of the consensus of our clients, Carrie. Most of them, a consensus is, Mark, I think we should use a higher inflation for the next couple of years. And then go back to and, normal. And then go back to normal. And if in the next couple of years, real data shows us one way or the other, we'll then change it again. Which is why we're changing that. Uh, we haven't changed inflation assumption other well, than. Inflation's been client. under 2% for 20 right, years. Right, but Gary. we've been using 3 to 4, over t- 3, 3.5 to 4 in our plans because we're trying to be conservative. Right. Um, And break out different inflation rates for different things. And so that's the point about planning. It's it's a a measure and way to know how and when you should adjust and if you need to adjust what you're doing in your in reality. Now, we did get, you know, the PCE numbers this week, Carrie. That's the personal consumption expenditures. That's the Fed's preferable data that they look at for inflation. They don't use CPI. 
um, they used the, the PCE. And th- that came in year over year in November, for November. Well, they, they do it monthly. So the October's number, the year over, I'm just going to do the year over year, was 5.0%. Okay. Obviously much higher than the Fed's target of two. Mm-hmm. Remember the Fed chair said, we're going to let it float above two. Right. Well, I don't think anyone realized that meant go up to five, mm-hmm. which was partly, you know, the Fed's, did they, you know, misguide or were they completely missed this? So how did November, so or do we pick out, so how did November's? November's came in, ah, 5.7 okay. year over year, which is telling us inflation hasn't gotten over the hump yet. So I don't, you know, so do we still, so I'm kind of starting to a lot of our clients, well, we might, might not want to strike the expenses right now. They may be higher in another month or two. Mm-hmm. But let's see. So we'll keep our eyes on that. But it's not all bad news. Um, we also got this week the leading economic index increased 1.1%, following up 0.9% rise in October and above estimates. Okay. Um, so taken together, the current behavior of the composite indexes and the components suggest that the expansion in economic activity will continue in the near term. Okay. Um, but they also, they give a little, uh, asterisk (laughs) that says, we don't know how the Omicron variant (laughs) is going to affect this. Right. See, that's the financial risk. Mm -hmm. See, we don't talk about that with the flu. Right. Or the common cold. We do talk about the financial risk. Because we've never had a virus do this that I, I mean, impact businesses and the the economies. Yeah, I mean, if the economy is doing so well, here's another headline. Why does it feel like a disaster? See, that's the self-fulfilling prophecy, right? When you look at it, you know, the various gauges that we use to measure the economy are almost all as good or better than they've been in years. You know, and in aggregate, better than they've been since the beginning of the 21st century. GDP growth, unemployment rates, average wages have all been moving in the right direction, with unemployment about 4%, a multi-year low, even with places like New York City lagging behind. GDP growth, here's what I was just talking about, is expected to be above 5.5% for 2021. That's the best since 1984. Um, Wage growth for the bottom of the economic pyramid has been notable for the first time in a generation. In fact, wage growth for the bottom of the economic pyramid has actually been faster than the one thing that dampens the picture inflation. So so it's not all bad news. It's just that the bad news always wins, Carrie, right? Right. And, and people get worried about the bad news. So if you're concerned about inflation and whether it will derail your retirement plan, build a financial model. Right. If you don't know how to do this at home, come see us. We've been doing it for 35 years, okay? And we've been, and like you said, we've always used a, a conservative higher rate of inflation than what we think it really is, but now it's different. We're actually dealing with inflation rates that we haven't seen in 40 years. Right. And a lot of you out there might have not, you know, you weren't around for the last one. Right. Or in other words. Or you, you weren't aware or paying the bills it, yeah, at the time. Exactly. Like, you were around, yeah, but right. you, I was around, but you yeah. weren't worried about your retirement. Right. So it's different now. And, and so it, it, don't sit home and complain about inflation. You know, let, let's see, do you have to be worried about it? Or how do you get in, in, a, in a position where you know whether or not you need to be worried about it? That's the power of financial planning, mm-hmm. and that's what we can help you with. If you've never done that before, certainly we can you know, help you get over the learning curve and then also be that sounding board when, when, you, when we start discussing your long-term goals and objectives. Right, and you can call the estate planning team for a free consultation. We do these um, modeling and long-term projections. And if we look at a worst-case scenario, then you're going to be more comfortable. Whatever you're worried, if it's inflation, if it's a market, if it's slow growth, if it's you want to bump up spending, you're going to be much more comfortable if you're still not running out of money to spend on the discretionary things, especially if you weren't a spender before, or actually retire um, and be comfortable with those decisions. And we also, as much as we do these long-range plans, we help people analyze pension elections, 
timing of Social Security. If you have a financial issue, we can do an objective, unbiased analysis so the decision-making is much easier. And we have both hourly and comprehensive retainers. Our fees are affordable. But either way, we offer the free consultation to see if you're someone who can even benefit from the type of planning we offer. And you can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit our website. You can sign up for the newsletters. You'll get alerts or there's tax law changes. You can listen to the podcast. You can contact us. We have incentives. We're scheduling now through the end of February on both the hourly and comprehensive retainers. So our number is again, 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. Like summer grass. So we hope everybody has a negative Christmas, meaning that if you are going to give yourself a test, a COVID test, before meeting with the family, hopefully it comes out negative. And hopefully if you do test positive and start showing symptoms that these new pills carry, right? Well, Yeah, I don't know when they'll get approved, but... Well, I think they think a couple of them are approved. Okay. I don't know when they're going to get on the show. I don't know how expensive right. they're going to be. Or if insurance won't cover them. Yeah, I don't know if it's over the counter or a prescription. (laughs) Or if we can get some affordable treatments that work in other countries and get those approved here. And if you've never taken a COVID test, well, apparently President Biden's going to be sending 500 million home tests out in January. All right. There's certainly no shortage of topics to talk about the holiday dinner table, is there, Karen? No. I would think staying away from politics and COVID would be a good thing because we're so inundated with it all the time. How about the SECURE Act? So this is one thing I think we'll be talking about in 2022. And actually, it's a SECURE Act too, right, Carrie? Mm-hmm. And that's not really the real name of it. The, there's been various names. So let's go back first and talk about the SECURE Act 1. That was passed in December of 2019. Right. Bipartisan support. And that was the acronym for Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement Act of 2019. Mm-hmm. And it kind of got buried by the Rona. Okay. Not, I mean. Yeah, but people forgot. It, it just, it, it lost the headline. But people remember that the big parts of it, right? The two biggest, I think, that stand out is that it raised the required minimum distribution age from age 70 and a half to age 72. Mm-hmm. I think most people caught that. Right. Still some new people coming us that haven't caught that yet. Right. right. Well, because they weren't thinking about minimum required. Um, the other big change, it, it did away with the what was affectionately known as the stretch IRA distribution right. for non-spouse beneficiaries of IRAs. Or any, I'm using IRAs right. broadly, any qualified plan that was subject to required minimum. That's where in the before that change, the non-spouse beneficiary, if they inherited mom's IRA, they they would have to get it out over their lifetime, meaning the beneficiary, right. based on their single lifetime. So if you have a 65-year-old inheriting an IRA, they may still have 25 years left of life expectancy. Right. So they'd be having to get the inherited IRA out over 25 years. Secure Act threw that out. And said, no, that's the new rule is you have to get it out within 10 years. Mm-hmm. Which um, if you have a hefty IRA company plan or asset that you're leaving to someone, which some people have saved, that can hit your heirs or your beneficiaries hefty on their taxes. Right. So, and now you don't have any required minimum in those 10 years. In other words, you don't have to take a certain amount out in any one year of the 10 years. It's just, it's open-ended there. It's just the idea that you've got to get it all out within 10 years, right? Now, remember, so a lot of people are saying, well, that leaves that IRD problem, right? If, so if, right. if, if I leave a big IRA to my children and if they're in their peak earning years when they inherit that and they got to get that's that's going to be a big chunk that's going to the government right right so that also drove a lot of the our clients certainly a lot of 
you know, taxpayers across the country to start thinking more about Roth IRA conversions mm-hmm. and saying, hey, maybe I ought to convert some of my IRA over to Roth IRA. It might not only help me in my lifetime if I think income right. tax rates are going up. You know, we've got these lower Trump, you know, remember Trump's tax act of 2017, which has the lower individual tax rates, at least through 2025. Right. All right. And and so they're working in that window and they're looking at that window when they retire and the wages end and maybe they're deferring their Social Security and they don't have any company pension. So maybe they've got enough cash and other assets to, to live off. And so they're looking at doing Roth conversions. And so now they're saying, yeah, I may end up leaving a Roth IRA if I never need it in my lifetime to my children. And, yeah, they would still have to get it out in 10 years, but at least it would be tax free. And even, by the way, Carrie, even if you did a Roth conversion and died the next year, right? In other words, and it was going to your children, Mm because normally there's a five-year holding period for every time you do a Roth conversion before you can get the earnings out tax-free. But even if that, it would work in the 10-year period, because the children could defer taking the earnings out till after the first five years. Right. So, you know, again, it's just that idea. But what about the SECURE Act too? which is, again, there's different versions of it in the House and Senate. Some, I guess the, it's really called the Securing a Strong Retirement Act, okay, or mm-hmm. SARSA. Um, and that, we're saying, is still going to be part, you know, that's still a, 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 a go. That's, mm-hmm. there's, you know, I, I think this will get done, all right, Um so let's see here. What does this article talk about? Um, there's bipartisan backing for measures in both the House and the Senate that would build on the 2019 Secure Act, which aimed to increase both the ranks of savers and retirement security. While progress on the proposals has been slow, there is hope for action in 2022. Okay, at the end of the first quarter or beginning of the second quarter, we could see action on the bills in both chambers. This is from Paul Reichman, who is a chief government and political affairs officer um, at the Insured Retirement Institute. Um, So most recently, the House Education and Labor Committee, I don't know how much clout that has. It's the first time I've ever heard of it. But the House Education and Labor Committee last month approved the RISE Act, a series of retirement-related provisions that fall under its jurisdiction. It has some overlap with another bill, the so-called Secure Act 2.0, which cleared the House Ways and Means Committee in May. Both were approved unanimously by voice vote. Okay. Um, meanwhile, there are two bills in the Senate that are similar to those in the House. The Retirement Security and Savings Act, that's the one I just talked about, right? Um, and the Improving Access to Retirement Savings Act. However, neither have received committee consideration yet. So what's in some of these? Okay. Um, So the SECURE Act, which I just mentioned, you know, increased the required minimum age from 70 and a half to 72. Under the House proposal, they want to raise that again. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the mandated annual withdrawals wouldn't have to start until age 73. So, but it's going to be phased in, 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 in years. So in 2022, it would go up to age 73. Meaning, if you attain that age, you know, before if you if you weren't at that age by that year, right, Gary? Mm-hmm. So it's like the it's like you get it's it's for the younger people. It keeps ratcheting up, right? Okay. Um, then it would go up to age seventy four in twenty twenty nine, and then it would go up to age seventy five by twenty thirty two. Okay, so that is that's been in there for a while, and that will. And I'm assuming that that if they pass this thing, that will be in there. Um, be, the, now the Senate proposal would raise the RMD age 75 by 2023 as well. Okay. Um, it also would waive RMDs for individuals with less than a hundred thousand dollars in aggregate retirement savings. Okay. So a lot of people say, why do, why is the government forced me to take it out anyways? If I really don't want, if I it. don't need it because they yeah. want to raise taxes or yeah, generates income for the government. But they're again, they're saying if it just hurts the younger person, 
because we're living longer, right? That's kind of the right. point. Well, that's why I thought they raised it to 72. Right. And now they'll raise it to 75. But at one point they're saying, well, what a why for the young, for if you only got less than 100,000, government's not going to get a lot of tax from that anyways. Right. So why not just eliminate the RMD for this? And that's kind of what the, 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 the thought behind the, the bill is. They also want to reduce that penalty for failing to take the RMDs, which is one of the most 50 percent highest, by the way. Yeah, they 50 percent of the amount you missed. And they want to cut that to 25 percent. They also want to adjust the annual catch up amounts. You know, the catch up amounts care of those. If you're over, uh, you know, 50, you can do more. Yeah, they haven't changed those. Even when they bump up the other amount, they don't ever change the catch up amount. So the House provision would adjust annual catch-up amounts based on inflation and would expand the 401k catch-up to 10000 for individuals who are age 62, 63, or 64. Workers enrolled in simple plans uh, would be allowed $5,000 in catch-up contributions up from the current $3,000. Um, that was the House provision. And the Senate provision would also index the IRA amount to inflation. But it's more generous with the 401k catch-up contribution of 10000 It would apply to people age 60 and older. Um, the House proposal would also change the tax aspect of catch-up amounts as a way to offset any revenue losses from other provisions. Now, this is kind of getting into the weeds, Carrie, but what they're saying is all catch-up contributions to 401k plans and the like would be treated as Roth contributions i.e. after tax. So they wouldn't so you wouldn't get a further tax deduction in the year that you're making these catch right. up contributions. That's how they can pay for it, right? Because they right. you're paying taxes on that. But the the upside of it is that your catch up can go into Roth, which won't mm-hmm. be taxed later on. Right. So that's that's a nice you know, that's I don't know if that's a bad or good thing. Okay. Depends on, you know, you. Depends on your circumstances. It would be best if you could take your option. <laughs> right. Like, like right now, you you know, you, you, you could maybe have options, but, the you know, that's, that's, the, that's getting into the weeds and that's getting into the fuzzy math, right? Um, additionally, matching contributions from employers currently can only be made out to pre-tax accounts. A provision in the House would allow them to be post-tax Roth contributions if the employees wanted to go that route. Mm-hmm. So, again... I like that. You have more flexibility. Right. Let, you know, because what's right for you might not be right for your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they also are dealing with the student loan debt. That's part of this Secure Act, too, for lack of a better, you know, overall term for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, most companies that offer 401k plans will match your contributions up to a certain amount. You know, for example, 100% match for the first 3%, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, well, now they want for workers whose student loan debt keeps them from putting money into their retirement accounts. It, you know, they're missing out on that free ma- free money, right? Mm-hmm. So, in both the House and the Senate provisions, employers would be permitted to make contributions to four hundred one k plans, similar work or you know other workplace plans, on behalf of the employees who are making student loan payments instead of contributing to the retirement plan. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I really like the colleges to pay off the student loan debt. That's what I really think should do it. Because you think they're um, overcharging a bit? I mean, it's ridiculous. It is. Why isn't anyone going after the colleges and saying, you pay off the student loan debt? Mm Mm-hmm. That's what I want to know. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're talking about making colleges free. Well, you can't with the student loan. I mean, that's the point. No, it's ridiculous. Don't get me started. Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is this thing? Annuities. Um, so annuities was part of the Secure Act One. Okay, um, mm-hmm. and what the idea that after forty years of the four hundred one k. You know, the, the people realize the, the 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 experts in the ivory towers realize it was a complete failure for the baby boomers. OK, because you've all read the statistics of how many baby boomers are going to retirement with that much in savings. Right. 
Now, obviously, it's a big pay gap in this country. Right. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of millionaires. <laughs> with right. Millionaire 401k, you know, and then. But there's still a lot of people who didn't, you know, they they they're not going to have a very good retirement because they didn't have that defined pension benefit. Right. Like in the olden days, like your parents did. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so. The idea was in Secure Act One is that they were going to make the companies make make you know put these annuities that can be annuitized for lifetime payments right. like a pension back in, and the reason why companies took them out was because the company said we're at risk because we would have to choose the life insurance companies that provide the annuity payments. Right. Yeah, only life insurance companies can do that. So what happens if we uh, the life insurance company goes belly up? The the retiree is going to come back after us, the company, not the life insurance company. They're going to because they're back. belly up, right? So they had thought there's risk. Well, that's what the government had to smooth out, and they said, "Well, no, we will take that risk out." You know, we want you to, you know, it, and the idea at the originally was that the government would have a, a, a an approved list of life insurance companies mm-hmm. that the companies could use, right? And then they would not hold the companies responsible. For the default of a life insurance company right. on annuity payout, so that kind of opened the door. Now that all got pushed back because of the virus. That I, and that's supposed to be starting, right. but I don't. And again, I think it's supposed to be starting twenty twenty two. But the, apparently, the Secure Act two is going even more in that direction. Mm-hmm. So one option to provide an income stream later in life is a qualified longevity annuity contract. We call those QLACs. Okay. And once you purchase the annuity, you specify when you want the income to start. Okay. So, however, the maximum that can go into a QLAC right now is either 135000 or 25% of the value of your retirement accounts, whichever is less. Mm-hmm. In both the House and Senate provisions would remove the 25% cap. The Senate would also increase the maximum amount allowed in a QLAC to $200,000. Okay. So, these are just all things that are still floating around. There is still great bipartisan support right. for the uh, for the Secure Act too, and it looks like if we can get past this <laughs> virus, and we they do get something done with Build Back Better, maybe in January or February, don't be surprised if we're talking more about Secure Act two later in 2022. Right and. Take advantage of a free consultation that we offer and look for opportunities and be aware of the choices that you have, whether you're working or already retired. And you can call the estate planning team. We've been around Cleveland more than 35 years and are an Ohio registered affordable fee-based fiduciary planner. And we do consultations. They're free, no obligation by phone or in person. And you can give us a call at 440-239-2090 or visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. And um, for the free consultation, if you actually give us stuff ahead of time, we'll do a preliminary analysis and we can do that um, over the phone, even and in person. And we'll show you where you're headed based on your current thinking. And it just shows you an example of our process and how we're different and um, where you're headed. A lot of people are surprised, you know, you can keep track of your expenses and your projections um, for a few years, but it's the long-term aspect. And if you knew later on, I think sometimes when we meet with people, they'll say, wow, if I got to 80, 85 beyond life expense, I have this pile of money. I would have, should have, could have. And granted that's for the free consultation. At least we do preliminary. Sometimes we find opportunities. Sometimes we point out an area or problem that you're not aware of. So it's a good way to get um, a picture of your financial life that maybe you haven't had before. And you can call us at 440-239-2090. And you're listening to Mark Dowling, Kara Waddell, and we've been helping Cleveland families for over 35 years. Building custom financial plans. In the distant night. Gone through a lot of Christmas seasons, Carrie. Mm-hmm. And you may also be hearing our show on New Year's morning mm-hmm. day, right? Sometimes we talk about New Year's Eve, New Year's resolutions, Carrie. Right? Mm-hmm. And one that always stood out to me as part is 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 was Matthew Kelly. Matthew Kelly, you know, in, in his book. There was a 2016 book. It was, you know, um, that he wrote. 
what was the name of the book here? Do you remember? I can't remember, but it was... Um, Resisting Happiness. Okay. Okay, 2016. And one of the chapters, he talked about... <laughs> it was really interesting. He 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 grabbed or he, he talked to hospice nurses. And he asked them what some of the deathbed wishes that they had witnessed. And this is sometimes I talk about, well, maybe this ought to be New Year's resolution thinking, right? I wish I had the courage to just be myself. I wish I had spent more time with the people I love. I wish I had made spirituality more of a priority. I wish I hadn't spent so much time working. I wish I had discovered my purpose earlier. I wish I had learned to express my feelings more. I wish I hadn't spent so much time worrying about things that never happened. I wish I had taken on more risks. I wish I had cared less about what other people thought. I wish I had realized earlier that happiness is a choice. I wish I had loved more. I wish I had taken better care of myself. I wish I had been a better spouse. I wish I had paid less attention to other people's expectations. I wish I had quit my job and found something I really enjoyed doing. I wish I had stayed in touch with old friends. I wish I had spoken my mind more. I wish I hadn't spent so much time chasing the wrong things. I wish I had more children. I wish I had touched more lives. I wish I had thought about life's big questions earlier. I wish I had traveled more. I wish I had lived more in the moment. I wish I had pursued more of my dreams. So I think that's a pretty good list. Mm-hmm. If you're contemplating your New Year's resolutions. And then again, that's from Matthew Kelly. And it was the um, hospice nurses who witnessed their mm-hmm. patients and what they were saying on their deathbed. So we hope that everybody has a healthy and productive new year. We hope that this year three of the Rona will be final. <laughs> I don't know if it will. <laughs> and if you need help with financial planning, if you're concerned that you're not on pace to retire when you want or not or not confident that you'll be able to have the retirement lifestyle that you want, come in and see us. Because one of the things that we have found that our clients who do have a roadmap, who do who are not making knee-jerk reactions, who are prepared for life's curveballs, and who are thinking about the future, and that's hard to do when it comes to financial planning. It's very hard to try to keep the next 25 or 30 years of cash flows in your head. Mm-hmm. And how much you can spend, how much you can spend on your family. That could be your children. That could be your grandchildren. It could be charitable. It could be <clears throat> charitable. These are all things that you get clarity when you have a good financial team and a good plan roadmap that you can now measure your progress. And as life throws us a reality, you know how to adjust your program accordingly. Call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 and have a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.